Hey, hey, folks, and welcome to Breaking It Down on the Breakdown 707 Podcast Network. Today, I have a chat with Nevin Holmes. Nevin currently has a game on Kickstarter called Gun and Slinger, which is what this is mostly about. But given that we ended up recording this on what was one of the warmest days of the year, it is a very chaotic chaotic conversation, to say the least. But I know it'll be fun to listen to, and you will learn a lot about games. My cat's here as well. She's not in the episode, she just wants to say hi. Anyway, right up top I want to apologise for the sound quality of this one. It's going to be a little bit iffy and weird. I ended up making some mistakes in recording. Um, It should be okay. It's a, it's a good listen still. It's a really fun episode. It's a contrast from last week's very wholesome episode. This one's like chaotic wholesome. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, if I sound a little faint or slurring my words during the episode, it's because I'm pretty much dying of heat stroke. Um, so enjoy that. Um, everything's in the description. Go back, Gun and Slinger. It's got like 15 days left at this point. 16 days at the time of recording. 16 days um, for you to go give it money, and it absolutely deserves it. Go there, do the thing. Holy shit! Cass wants to say hi. She's very, she's very active. Hello. Anyway, without further ado, here's the show. Uh, hi, I'm Nevin Holmes. I do game design. Um, I also do like YouTube videos and articles and stuff like that about indie games. Those are kind of on pause right now while I work on Gun and Slinger, um, which is the hottest new indie TTRPG to come to Kickstarter. Uh, launched two days ago, funded in three hours, kicks ass. Uh, you can find my stuff at nevin.games. That's N-E-V-Y-N.games. Uh, and you can find Gun and Slinger at bytes.rip slash GNS Kickstarter. That's B-Y-T-E-S dot R-I-P slash G-N-S Kickstarter. And I'm on Twitter at Fork20. And that's me and that's what I do. Oh, my yeah. pronouns are him. I don't remember if I said that. <laughs> oh, no. Now no, no, you got them in there. Um, I got it. But yeah, um, God, I was... Because I've been following the game for a little bit. I did the did the first look stream of it, and I've just been like keeping up a little bit, just waiting for the Kickstarter. I'm like, I, just go, I, was, I think I was out in town, I was doing some shopping, and I was, like, got the email that the campaign had launched. So I'm like, oh, sick. Gun and slinger. Like, throwing up in a pledge. And then <laughs> I got home that evening, I was like, got an email, it's like, funded. I was like, huh. It's been like yeah. four hours. What the- yeah, I uh, we I took the I took the day off because I knew that like no matter what I did, my brain was going to be glued to the Kickstarter page because this is my first Kickstarter, my first project at this scale, the mm. biggest team I've had, all that stuff. Um, so I took the day off because I knew I was going to be distracted all day watching the numbers, and I was pretty confident that I would fund day one. But I did not expect to fund that quick. Um, we actually funded while we were in the checkout line getting groceries. <laughs> so we we left, drove a few minutes to the grocery store, did the whole Costco thing, got in line, and then Jam, my uh, my wife, uh, and all around kick ass graphic designer, just like elbows me and says, "You funded." <laughs> And I almost fucking started crying right there in the grocery store. It was very real. That's so cool. But yeah, I was yeah. like, like I, I've been seeing it talked about like a lot. So I was, I was kind of with you, and like I would think it would be funded like day one, maybe day two. But that was still like it was still really quick compared to what I was expecting. Yeah. It's super cool. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of wild. I'm trying to not compare myself to my friends, but I definitely funded. Quicker than I thought I would in comparison to them. 
I mean, yeah, it's a it's a cool game. I I looked at it in a kind of like in progress version, and I was I was already in. That's because it's a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying oh, to. Yeah. This is like gonna be some people's like first perception of me. I shouldn't be so full of myself. No, listen. Um, this is not the place to be humble. It is 110 I, degrees, and you funded in three hours. <laughs> exactly. No, I am. Um, Genuinely, I'm extremely. It's very validating. It's a weird feeling um, to to have your first big project fund, and it uh, it wouldn't have happened without like all the support that I've had and stuff. It's it's not just me doing this. It's me and my kick ass team. Um, Emma Harvey doing internal art. Sadia B's doing the cover, which now we're going to get like spine art and a back cover. Um, Jammy doing uh, the layout. Um, Max Moctezuma coming in on cultural and sensitivity consulting. And Fiona Maeve Geist on editing. Like, it's a it's a powerhouse of a team. That's a, that's a fucking team, yeah. I, I, I hadn't seen, I had, like, um, seen the whole, the whole roster in one place. I've only heard, like... Some stuff like I think I knew um, Jamie was involved. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I it's, it's my properly. personal goal to have Jamie do the layout for all of my games yeah. or as many of them as possible. Their work is so good. It really is so impressive. Uh, they actually did the layout for Users Typing Message Sent, which is my solo journaling game about internet social anxiety. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, I think it's the. Uh, the game I got in the racial equality bundle. Yes. Where I, I think I had. Oh, actually, no. I, I had. I owned it before, and I looked at the the bundle after I had read, uh, Gun and Slinger. I was like, hold on, I recognize the name of this person. It's me. It's like, hey, it's Devin. I, I read, I read the Gun game. That's the same one. Uh. Same one. But yeah, like, I've just been uh, looking a little bit at your uh, itch itch.io uh, catalog. And I was thinking, like, kind of how how long have you been in the sort of TTRPG kind of space space, both uh, creating um, and playing? And as a, so, I've I've been playing games a long time. Um, it, it was kind of like an on again, off again relationship, if you will. Like I first played back in college. Um, Maybe eight years ago, I played like 4E and 3.5, um, took a break for a while. And then a couple years ago, um, myself, my wife and our two best friends, uh, Sam and Vince, who are also a couple, um, got together and started playing, started playing D&D because like Crit Roll came around and I, we've kind of been playing that since then. Um I don't want to get into all the crit roll bullshit, but we are moving away from D and D once we finish our current campaign. Um, as for like being in the indie space, a year, um, actually a year to the day since I launched uh, since I launched the GNS Kickstarter. I got a little little Facebook reminder that was uh, August thirteenth, twenty nineteen. I officially got my first freelance gig. So exactly a year later, I launched a Kickstarter. That's that's super impressive. That's super cool. Thank you. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, kind of looking at the like, it seems like quite a mixed uh, kind of your output has been like quite varied and just like uh, what's the word like subject matter. And stuff. So, like, wh where are you like coming from in, in your game design? Like, what kind of stuff do you have you made, and would you like to make? And are um, with the Gun and Slinger, I my recent catalog is definitely a lot more emotional, I emotional centered. Like, if you take a look at users typing, what waits beneath, and stand-ins for the apocalypse, those are all games that are much more centered on. An emotional aspect of storytelling. Mm. Um, I basically half of my games, and I'll let you take a guess at which ones. Um, half of my games start out as shit posts. 
Um, and that is not a joke or an exaggeration. <laughs> they they absolutely do start out as just like one-off little, oh, this would be funny. Um, and I what I try to do is essentially take, I or I end up taking that shitpost idea and making a game that uses unique mechanics. Um, I really try to, now that I've like gotten my design sea legs, so to speak, I try to take... Um, I try to take like mechanical design and blur that line between mechanics and the things that you think about while you play. Like I want the mechanics and the systems in my games to direct you towards the story that I think this game wants to tell and be fun. You know, being fun is important, but sometimes being contemplative, contemplative is also important. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, specific stuff reason I've learned about like the concept of fun in games, and I think it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about whether a game is fun or what it what it means to be I fun. Think, I think that games need to be fun in the same way that music needs to be enjoyable to listen to, mm-hmm. which is to say they don't always need to be. I I would not exactly describe a harsh noise music as you know enjoyable to listen to but it's still good yeah absolutely it's just um yeah like it's not something you like and yeah like you say it's not something you enjoy listening to that way but it's still like is entirely valid and like has things to say and the things that it does exactly so that, like, like that's a that's game, my point a game can be like like all these mechanics are obtuse and annoying but there's a reason for it, and it's cool. Um, what, well, sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> looking at looking at you, Starfinder mech rules. <laughs> God. You, okay, you need to have some thought behind it before you make your your rules obtuse. But I've I've been absolutely enamored on Twitter by some D twelve based tables. I'm like, ooh, this seems really difficult, and I love it. Oh, by uh, oh, geez, I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael Lombardi. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The the base twelve stuff. The dozen old man. God, that's been so cool to watch, and I'm like, it's, I very barely understand this, but it it's looks honestly, super fun. Like, it's honestly like very validating for me. Because my Heartbreaker game is D12 based. Mm. Um, it's <laughs> not to. It is not. It is not D12 based in as smart a way as Michael's Dozenal system is. Um, but you know, it's nice to see people using D12s, the best yeah. dice. Yeah, I was I was going to lead to is this your favorite polyhedral? And I'm glad you have the correct opinion. Um, it is the D12 D12's is the cool. best one. And if you don't it like D12s, is. meet me on the fucking court. <laughs> <laughs> meet me inside, guns at dawn. Meet me on the marketplace of ideas. <laughs> meet me on Twitter. Let's go. I'll eviscerate you with my th- with my thesaurus. God. Anyways, <laughs> games are good. Games um, are good. Out of the games that you mentioned, you were looking at my itch page. Out of the ones that are there, which ones do you think started as shit posts? I'm gonna say you're in a noun fight. So, yeah, that, that feels like. Um, I mean, Skeletians. That sounds like it just started out of a pun. But or both. It, yeah, <laughs> skeletons was absolutely a a shit post, and then it got real. Yeah, I'm gonna say this three. I'm pretty confident it's those two, and thou hast been called out. Yep, yep. Those are those are the three. Um, what waits beneath kind of started as a shit post, but I don't count it because it was actually a good idea. Uh, you are in a noun fight. <laughs> You were in a noun fight started from um, somebody in a Discord I was in said they wanted to knife fight Ed Asner. Um, Can who, I ask why? 
I it, they did not have a reason. No, fair enough. <laughs> she just kind of said, "Man, I'd really like to knife fight Ed Asner." Um, and it originally started about started as a game about knife fighting at Asner, and then it became kind of a Mad Libs thing. Excellent. And skeletons is because that's how working in IT makes me feel, and thou hast been called out. The whole idea is, haha, social media versus fantasy. It's funny. <laughs> it's a contrast. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> Such a dumb joke, but I I love that game. No, I I, I really admire that. Just taking it. A dumb shit post joke and just making a game out of it. That's basically just like, hey, do you get it? <laughs> Roll some dice. Hey, here's the joke. Play a good game now. <laughs> yeah, you get to be told the told the funny shit post, and then you get to play a good game. It's the ideal sometimes, afternoon. Sometimes the entire game is just reading it, and honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can you can play all three of those games, but I think the only one that's like mint mint to be played is Skeletons. Oh yeah, that has been called out. I'm still surprised that it actually plays well. I'm always fascinated by the sort of the, the postcard or business card RPGs. They're always really fun to me. It's it's really cool to see what you can fit on such a small thing. Yeah. Um. Like I just got um, I got a game from Spencer Campbell of Slayers fame, who I believe you have talked to recently. I have. That was a fun um, And he included his business card in it, and it's a one-letter RPG. Um, on the info side, it says Cuppa, C U P P A, yeah. and then you flip it over, and it's got a little cup, and inside the cup is the letter T. And that's great. That's great. I'm. Fucking furious! I didn't come up with that. I, I need to. I need to just get something sent to me from Spencer so I can get that that business card. I need to frame that. That's Go genius. buy his games. I should. I mean, I'm getting a some physical copies from the Kickstarter soon. Maybe I'll get a business card in there. <laughs> Maybe. Right. So, I did it. Buy now on Kickstarter. Oh, it's not even. It's the Kickstarter ended, right? Did the Kickstarter? End? Yeah, yeah. He uh, I, I, fully funded. I, yeah, I interviewed the man not too long ago. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, the man. Uh, it's too hard. The man. The man funded. I, I. I'm right there. That's oh, why yeah. I'm like just. I'm just shooting this shit right now. Th this is gonna be a chaotic episode. Last week this we had is... the wholesome episode. This is going to be the chaotic episode. This is the least professional I've been since the Kickstarter launched. <laughs> you need you need to somewhere to just let off that steam. Just like it's like here's an hour. I'm going to not there's, be professional. It's going to be. A there's great no. Time. There's no place to let off steam in Texas right now. It's 110 degrees. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so uh. <laughs> Anyways, will um, both of us survive till the end of this interview? Listen to find out. I won't. Um, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask about so, some specific stuff about Gun and Slinger. Yeah, we should talk about the actual game, huh? We should, we should talk about <laughs> this, this cool gun game you've made. Um, kind of. Um, to start a bit general, like where did it where did it kind of come from? What's what's the idea behind it? Because I think in the in the funded Kickstarter update, you said this one too started as a bit of a shit post. Yes, yes, it did. There was a game jam that was kind of going around uh, a few Jesus, maybe almost a month month ago or almost a year ago at this point. Um, or less, I don't know. Um, the idea is you take your the names of games that you've already made and you throw them into Talk to Transformer, which is God. I cannot remember the the term. Um, it spits out text based on what you put in, basically. A neural net. That's it. Okay. Um, so you put in 
a list of all your game names and it spits out a list of other game names. And those are your next games. And the game jam was supposed to be you take one of those and you make that game. The game that I got is Your Gun is a Gunslinger. Uh, so originally it was going to be like a postcard game about a, a gunslinger dueling their gun. And it was, I, I just kind of had the idea to make something based on Go Fish because that's a simple versus game. Um, and then it kind of just turned into this because I realized, hey, Go Fish is actually kind of an interesting mechanic. Hey, I can play with this in a more interesting way. Um, let's make a good game instead of a dumb one. <laughs> and then I made a good game. You did. I'm interested in the specifically the Go Fish. Like, was that just like kind of a decision because it was a versus game, or like, what's the thought between eschewing dice for for cards and fish? I just didn't want to do dice, and Go Fish seemed like it would be interesting. That's really it. Um, and it has like. I know that's kind of like a dismissive answer, but that's really what it was. I was just like, I I want to try and make a game doing this. So I did. Um, And it's actually ended up really helping me shape the themes of the game a lot more than I think dice would have. Um, And being a two to three player game, it's, I mean, it's a smaller player size than what you usually have. Usually you have four to six people at the table um, and a whole bunch of math rocks. Um, and being a smaller size game has led to it being more intimate. And that the the intimacy of a small game of Go Fish melds really well with the intimacy of a dynamic duo adventuring and relying on each other in a fucked up world. I, was, I, I kind of really appreciate the sort of, um, like you say it was like a little bit dismissive. I'm like, no, that's really just what game design is like sometimes. You just go like, it, oh, it really is. You just like, kind of go, this very I'm gonna do this. formative based decision. Why do you, it's like, ah, sort of fun. Worked out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, it. That's... Sometimes, sometimes you just say, I'm going to make a game doing this. And sometimes you get to say, oh, sweet, it's on Kickstarter now. And other times you say, well, this kind of sucks. Well, one day you throw some words at a neural net, get a gun about get a, a gun, get a game about, get a, gun about a game, get a gun about some games fighting each other. And then mm-hmm. some time passes. Now you're funded in three and a half hours. Um Three hours and five minutes. Holy shit. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. And yeah, it's the way the, the world turns. These things happen. Yeah. I wanted to ask about using Maestro as the GM, the GM title. Because I think it's um, really cool and I really love GM titles. But like, where, where did that come from? What's the, the basis? What's the thought behind that? I don't like Game Master just because it's not (laughs) it's it's a selfish answer, but it's just not fun to say the word Game Master. It just doesn't roll off the tongue very well, so I didn't want to use that. And there are no dungeons, so I had to come up with a different term and that ended up being Maestro. I think the dungeon one's also copyrighted. (laughs) Yeah, I can't use Dungeon Master. (laughs) Which is a st- stupid. <laughs> yeah. uh, were there any like options before you settled on Maestro? Or did you like? Did you kind of find that quite? I got quite it. Quick? Got it in one. Got it in one. Hell yeah! I slapped Maestro into the text and sent it to a couple of people, and they were like, "Hey, this uh, this is really good. This is a good term." Yeah. So I kept it. Yeah, I think um, Game Master is first of all you're entirely right. It's a, it's a weird thing to say. Which is why I've mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever said game master out loud. I will say just uh, GM. Just um, GM. Yeah. But also, yeah, like it's it says a lot about um like the role of the of the GM in the game. That too. But like a um, lot of people are branching away from this GM as the all knowing, all controlling god exactly. of the game to That's- like 
more of that's a player or like different kind of responsibilities well, i Sorry. i fully believe that like everyone at the table is a player no matter what their role title is everyone's playing the game that's why i call this a two to three player game not a two player one gm game um i also that like that has also played a big role in it yeah. um like I call them a GM in skeletons because they are in charge of the game. They are the master of the game. The general manager. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but master also doesn't fit as a role title in, in gun and slinger because this game very much has everyone at the table working together to shape the world. So like it's in truth, it's a little column A, a little column B. I don't like saying game master, and also master doesn't fit what this role actually does. They are more musically directing the world. I like it. I I, I remember reading. I was like, I was like, um, because I was like, oh, there's no like explanation of it, so I don't know what it like if if it specifically means anything. But it sounds fucking cool. Like I'm, it's like mm, maestro just hits different. It does. It does hit different, and I like how it hits. I also wanted to ask about braids. Because I I don't think I still understand why they're braids. It's just a a cool term. (laughs) Um, It ties in with the idea of the twist. Um, So the twist twist is... (laughs) Did it just hit you? (laughs) So for those listening... um, the twist is this otherworldly alien force um, left behind. It, it's essentially birthed from the forgotten child of a god that ate the sky. It's your cosmic horror mutations, basically. It's this force that comes into the world and it fucks it up over the course of aeons. And now we are playing in that world that is equal parts claimed by the twist and still like hopeful and green and verdant. Um, it's like a neon Mad Max crossed with Breath of the Wild is kind of the world that we're looking at. And Twist is corruption. Um, and it's called the Twist because it takes, it claims things and it twists them to meet its own ends. Um, it is very much a thing that may or may not have a goal. Um, and it touches and twists things. So braids are the opposite side of that. So you've got magic, which is a natural thing, and you've got the twist, which is an alien thing. And braids are... Braids is a term for player experience. And the idea is that it's taking their experience of everything in the campaign, be that with magic, with the world, or with the twist, and it's braiding them together. Because braids are actually a physical... Like, you... They are a physical thing that you have with you. They're not a nebulous thing. You could, in theory, lose your braids. Someone could steal them from you. Yeah. And that's that. It's, it yeah. just ties into the twist and the magic and stuff. That is super cool. And that just clicked for me, because I... Words. <laughs> and also it sounds Fantastic. cool. It does. It does sound very good. Yeah, the, I really like the... Um, uh, like the media touchstones you had in the beginning of the of the book. Really yeah, like, <laughs> I basically it's a mix of things, but I think it really it melds into something. I really quite like. It's really cool. Thank you. I'm I'm very proud of what I've managed to do with those as aesthetic and thematic touchstones. Um. So there was a there was a spot originally when I first started writing this game, it was just Weird West. I had just said, hey, you know what? This is going to be a Weird West game. It's going to be a Western. It's going to be great. Um, And then thankfully, my eyes were opened to how uh, problematic and troubled uh, Westerns are as a genre, Um, which is why I've got uh, Max Moctezuma on as a sensitivity consultant. Um, but it's also why I've moved away from Western as an aesthetic and as a core. I've taken a few inspirations from Westerns, um, but I've actually turned this into something wholly unique 
based on these touchstones and a short story I wrote when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to write, I used to write a lot of short stories. Uh, one of them was Rosemary, which was Trigun, Firefly and Star Wars inspired. Um, also with a little bit of Borderlands in there. Um, and it was about people exploring a desert world destroyed by corporations. I was already anti-capitalist when I was a kid. Hell yeah. Um, and it was, I, I took a lot of those touchstones and I made them grow up basically. And I brought them here. Yeah. I think we, we've, we've talked about uh, like stuff around it, but I don't think we've like really gone through what gunslinger is. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, we yeah, should do like, that. Yeah, like what is what is gonna like? What do you want to? What are you saying with it? And what is what yeah. is it structurally? Gun and Slinger is an RPG about a weapon and a wanderer, uh, a maestro, and two players taking on the role of the Gun and Slinger set out into a dead planet that's been mutated by a god's forgotten child. Um, you set out into this world, you hunt weird monsters and bounties you help people you investigate the world um and you learn about the relationship between the gun and slinger as well as their individual past because they haven't always been together um as a game i tell people that it's geared for short episodic sessions so like after the first session future stuff should only be like two-ish hours um and I really want people to sort of focus their adventures. So after you've gone through initial setup, I say, hey, talk amongst each other to figure out what you actually want to do in this game. And that sort of decides your your campaign because this is it's not a game for forever campaigns. You should play this for four or five sessions and then take a break and come back later if you want. Um, as a game, and like what I'm trying to say with it, um, that's something that I always kind of have trouble talking about because there's not really one specific thing that I'm quote unquote trying to say. It's more that there are a lot of themes in here that I like to explore and that I'm like really getting to explore in a big way. Um, friendship, companionship is a big one. Um, the pull of violence and power is a big one. Um, in this game, it's super easy to kill something. You, you shoot it once and it's dead. But, you know, you don't gain anything for doing that. You don't get XP for killing things. Um, yeah, and the... I was reading through it in a, a bit in preparation for this, and uh, I got reminded of the the actual mechanic for shooting someone is because all the other actions are via the uh, go fish sort of structure where you can like you can like secure cards and have like a pretty good idea of how well you're gonna do, but when you're mm -hmm. pulling the trigger, it goes into like a blackjack type of thing where it is a yes. lot more like uncertain and uh, <clears throat> so. Yeah, like you said, um, regular checks. Like if the slinger wants to do something, they do a check, they play some go fish, and they pay with some cards to succeed or not. Um, then for shooting or anything that the gun and the slinger do together, uh, you do what's called a blind pay, which is essentially co-op blackjack. Um, and also importantly, uh, the gun cannot be fired unless the gun and the slinger agree. So there's a, a big old, big old, nice teamwork thing, teamwork and consent right there. Perfect. Um, sorry, it's hot as hell in here and my brain is, <laughs> I can feel my oh, brain so frying as I talk. Um, I try with the blind pay, I very much did try to bring in the idea of these are two beings working together to be one being. Um, and that comes into play with their other things like the magic and their capabilities and stuff like that. Um, but I think that shooting is the single biggest point where that kind of comes across. Um, 
And it's because one, like we said, not only can you not fire unless you both want to, but the success of that action depends on both of you. Hmm. Um, and I think that it's, it's also just a really good gameplay beat. Every time it happens, it's so fun. Yeah, it like just reading it, it feels like such a like an ingenious mechanical switch. I can't imagine like because uh, I haven't gotten the chance to play it yet, obviously. But I could just imagine like the the actual like switch that happens as soon as you have to do the blind check. So Every really time cool. I've done it, the the people involved are like, "Oh shit," because you you don't just um. So in a in a GM game, I'll go ahead and walk through this for for the listeners. Um, in a GM game, the gun and slinger want to shoot. The maestro takes the context into account and says, "Okay, it's this difficult. So you need to get between a fourteen. You need to get over a fourteen without going over twenty one." Um, but in addition to that set difficulty, uh, the maestro also flips over a card from the top of the deck. And that card gets added to the total of the gun and slinger. So let's say the Maestro flips over a five. So you know you need to get above 14, under 21, and whatever you play has five added to it. So that gets us like a bit of randomness in the actual difficulty of the thing that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, the actual blind pay itself... Um, both players, the gun and the slinger, put one card from their hand face down on the table, and they are not allowed to communicate in any way to each other what that card is. Then you flip and you add everything together. So, Arvid, let's say you've placed down a five, I've placed down a three. So we've got five plus three, and then plus five from the modifier. So 13. Mm -hmm. We got under 14. We did not succeed in our shot. But if I had played with a 5, we would have gotten 15, which is over 14, under 21, and we would have succeeded. It's very tense, and it feels like gambling in a very cool way at the table. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, can't. I think uh, I've seen a lot more of the sort of um, both just card-based mechanics and card-based mechanics based off specific like games. Like, I've seen Blackjack and a few other things, and I think it it can do a lot compared to dice when it comes to, like, this feeling of gambling or this feeling of, um, like, pushing your luck. Yes. It's always, it's always been weird to me how you can sit at, like, a trad game and end up in a casino or end up making bets on something and you're just rolling dice for the cards that you have in your hand. Um... And it's it's weird. Just let people use cards. Um, but yeah, I wanted to poke at because um, you said you like uh, didn't have like necessarily anything specific you wanted to say with the game, or like not like yeah, any concrete thing. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sitting here with this game and saying violence bad. We all already yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. and, Instead, I'm exploring some things, and I, I want players to figure out what the game says to them. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I'm, the concrete question was, like, um, is there anything you kind of, upon, like, reading back, like, drafts, or, like, reading the game at a later time, or just thinking about something you've realized that you might be saying with it? Have you had the, um, the moment of, like, you're thinking about, like, just going about your day and, like, thinking about the game, you're like, Wait, shit. Maybe that's what I meant. <laughs> like that kind of. Maybe that's what what the what this. Kind of yeah. Is. Yeah. Um. Yes. I've I've been thinking a lot more critically about this game as I've been talking about it more because up up until recently I genuinely had not been talking about it much and I I knew some of these things like you know violence and teamwork and all that, um, but it really it kind of hit me. Um, to me, in some ways, uh, this game is about like a romantic relationship, or maybe not even romantic, but in but an intimate relationship. Whether it's extremely cl close friends or married partners or people who've been dating for forever, 
Um, because it is two people against the world. And that's kind of, and I've had a couple other people point that out to me as well. Um, and I think that's, I think it's really interesting that this game has ended up saying that sort of thing and sort of having that kind of lens on it. I really like it. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. That's cool. And I think that's, that's such an interesting, like part of game design. Um, and like writing and whatever else like creative work you can do of like just making something and then like later on discovering kind of what it's about or what it can be about yeah I think it's that, really fun yeah it's just like such a fun realization yeah what else can you say about gunslinger I can say that it's really good I must agree. Yeah, kind of. Uh, in your kind of game design career, uh, kind of, what do you what do you kind of bring to it from your kind of, like your personal life, your 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 pre RPG life? Like, where where are uh, you kind of game designing games from? If that makes sense as a question. Well, I brought skeletons. That's pretty much it. Um, my my life in game design. I mean, I bring my politics into it, obviously. Mm. Um, all of all of my games are political in some way, um, and most of my games are queer. I I bring that in as well. Um, but other than that, there's not, I mean, my personality, like, I don't, I don't really know that I have an answer for that because my, my waking life, um, I work in it. Yeah. I sit at a desk, I answer phone calls and I do system administration stuff. And I love that job and it's a fulfilling job, but I don't really bring any of it into my game design space. Um, very much game design for me is letting the creative part of my brain go ape shit and just make stuff. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a, that's a totally valid answer to because I think you can you can like uh, take kind of the, like what attracted you to this maybe something you're bringing to the game, to, but it can also just be separate. I think that's totally. Totally a legitimate answer. Absolutely. I think it very much. I think it very much is. Like I'm, I am one person with two halves. One of them is my day job, and the other one is game design. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You said you'd been in uh, RPGs for like a couple of years. What's your favorite RPG? Like what, what or, or something that's like been very inspirational? Like I cannot decided to start doing this. I cannot answer the question. What's your favorite RPG? It's impossible. I got asked this recently your on a favorite an... child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got asked this on another on another show, and I just listed off like eight different games. And the guy was like, "Cool, I don't know any of them." Um, <laughs> oh, now um, I'm interested. Which that what the eight were? Um, I'll try and just remember that list. Um, a big inspiration. I mean. The brain trust and like everything that they have created um, is huge. So cobwebs, which I don't think is technically a brain trust game. Um, you know what? I'm just going to list designers because I'm sure. already not remembering that list. <laughs> um, Will Yopst, Adam Vass, um, John Geary, um, Spencer Campbell, obviously Jay Dragon. Um, Maria Meeson, Jammy, um, Viditia Valetti, like everything in their portfolios. And there are other people as well. I just don't feel like pulling up a list of my Discord friends right now. Mm -hmm. um, I can pretty much list for forever, but ev there's a lot of good games and a lot of good designers. And I take a lot from each of them. 
I think recently the most influential has probably been Jay. Um, their game, Wander Home. Mm. Shout out to 125K um, on Kickstarter. Holy shit. Um, God, yeah. That, that but a lot of a lot of what a lot of what Jay does in games has been really inspirational to me in how I approach the qualitative mechanics in my games. So a, a quantitative mechanic would be like, when this happens, do this. A qualitative mechanic would be the text surrounding all the other mechanics. Um, the text, the plain text of my games, basically, has been very inspired by Jay, um, especially what they do with No Dice, No Masters, and Belonging Outside Belonging. Mm. And I don't, there's not a lot of that specific influence in Gun and Slinger. It's, it's definitely here. Um, but most of Jay's influence is coming through in stand-ins for the apocalypse, which is another game that I'm working on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, you mentioned the stand-ins for the apocalypse a little bit earlier, but you can, what, what's that game about? Uh, standings is yeah standings is a gmless powered by the apocalypse uh belonging outside belonging hybrid game it's a post-punk mathra game about being in a band and saving the world your town and your chosen family um so the players get together they pick the instrument that they play they pick an archetype which gives them character creation options from a pick list and they generate a town and an apocalypse. And then they play. Uh, you play four sessions of the game and then it's over. Um, and it's very focused. There's, there are some very specific and intense emotions going into the writing of this game. Um, and it's very much a game about friendship, uh, standing up for yourself and for each other and figuring out who you are in the face of the literal end of the world. And it's good. It's also good. Yeah. I should mention that. <laughs> I've heard you make good games. I make so I'm really full of myself right now. I'm not usually this confident, but I do believe I make good games. <laughs> No, honestly, I I would love it. <laughs> this this confidence is very very refreshing to just experience. <laughs> it's great. Look, it's it's twenty. Look, we've survived this far in twenty twenty. We have. Man. Be Shit. fucking be confident in yourselves, people. Yeah, yeah like no, on a on a very like genuine level, I think. Um, yes, uh, there the, it is very easy to go like, oh, I just made this game. It's probably okay. It's like, oh, please buy it if you want. But I, I really admire just going like, no, fuck you. My game's good. <laughs> My game's great. <laughs> it's, it feels it feels kind of like a superpower that I unlocked. It is very strong. I love it. <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this one... Hundred plus degree twenty twenty does to us. It's uh, this is this. Listen, if you're listening, this is the year you you start being confident about what you create. What you make is good, unless it's bad. If you, but it's probably good. I believe in you. If you don't start being confident about what you make this year, I will come to your house. I will not. I will not do that. My my lawyer has tapped me on the shoulder and said you can't. You can't say that. You can't. You can't do that one. Just, oh, edit this out. Edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But no, I, I, I genuinely though, yes, absolutely. People should be confident about the things that they make, and people should charge their worth. Hell, make yeah. people Talk make people them. buy your game. Make people buy your games. Make people buy your games. I don't just mean put a price on your games. I mean make people buy them. With force. 
Friendship. Force them, force them to push the purchase button at itch.io. <laughs> I'm done. Twenty <laughs> Push that purchase button, or else. <laughs> it's really funny. I put a um, I got my webs website recently, mm. um, and I couldn't figure out what to put in like a little section below my header. Uh, so I just put in, I make games, and holy fuck, you're going to love them. If you don't, then that's your fault, not mine. Fuck you. <laughs> and I I was going to get rid Hell of that. Yeah. I was going to get rid of it, but the more I kept it there and like looking at it, I was like, this is, no, that's it. That's that's me. That's perfect. That oh, yeah, at the <laughs> I forgot about this. It, at the bottom, I say, these are games built from the ground up to be as fresh, fun, and fulfilling to engage with as they were to build. And then in really small text, I wasn't kidding when I said they're good as fuck. I don't even think I've seen your website. Oh, is it, is it uh, uh, Indie Bytes or is it a different one? You can check it out at nevin.games. Oh, yeah. That's games. This will be in the show notes for all you Excellent. Hire me to do game design for your dang games. I you I swore a lot more in that section in an earlier rendition. <laughs> I think this is, this is the I, toned, toned down version. I think it uh, previously. I think previously it said "fucking hire me to do game design for your goddamn games." And then somebody looked at that and said, "Hey, that's a bit too much. <laughs> Going a bit hard." Like a little too, little too much there, but okay. Remove the fucking, change the dam to a dang, you know. Easy money. Yeah, be cute about it. <laughs> also, I think I called people cowards. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was hire me to write, write shit for your damn games. You, you coward. Oh yeah, the, the the final bit. I write good stuff. You should hire me to write amazing things for your games because you're not a coward. Exactly, so I you, fixed you it. You flipped it. Now now it's inspirational. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask because you said um, Standings for the Apocalypse is like specifically a four session game. Yes, it takes place over the course of one month. Mm. You start on the first of the month, and you end on the last of the month. And each session should aim to be a week. Yeah, yeah is that something... Because um, uh, Gunslinger is uh, it's specifically like a shorter game, but it doesn't have like a set, a length, necessarily. Like, it's not like a firm limit. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what, what do you feel about like RPG length? Because you got the D&Ds, which can go for five years from level one to 20 and then you've got like specifically yeah. one -shot games and the, everything on the spectrum beneath or between. I think I'm trying to get my thoughts together because I've been rambling a lot and I want to say something that's not a, a ramble for once on this fucking podcast. <laughs> um, mm. I think that there is value in knowing how long a game is going to go. Um, a lot of people, even some of my friends, when they get into a new game, the first thing they ask is, how long are we going to play this for? Because we have, we already have our big, long campaign. I don't really want to do another big, long campaign. Um, and so I think, at least for me, and this is something that I like to do because it makes <laughs> another selfish thing. I'm making games that I want and would be able to play. Right. So by saying, hey, don't worry about it. It's four sessions. Give it like a month. We'll play this game in a month. We'll go back to fucking killing goblins in a cave, I guess. Um, I just think that it's nice to have something that's more than a one shot, but very firmly not a forever game because there are too many other games out there to play. Yeah. I, yeah, I, th I think just I think it's absolutely like probably the best thing to do is just make games that you want to play. Oh, absolutely! Like that—that's how you make good games. And yeah, like I think 
Because it, it, the sort of games that are one-shot are very different structurally from the ones that are designed to go, like, super long. I think there's been a lot of change, or at least what I've noticed, in, like, progression systems. And whether you have a progression system at all in a game. And I think there's a, there's a lot to play with in that middle space. Where there's not 20 yes. levels of upgrades. There's not nothing because it's a one-shot. Um, yes, there can yes. be like something also, in between you where you can grow in interesting ways, but you can make it, you can make that shorter term growth a lot more detailed because you don't, you're not obligated to make it try to last forever. Exactly. Yes, you you said what I was going to say, but in fewer words. <laughs> Excellent. I should just, I should just do these interviews by myself. <laughs> yeah, just ask me questions and answer them yourself. This is this is my one person show of me asking Nevin questions and then imagine what what he'd answer. Somebody told me I should do an episode of my podcast where I interview myself and play Gun and Slinger by myself. That would be interesting with the with the blind pace. It <laughs> <laughs> I found out how to cheat. <laughs> Yeah, just play it alone, and no one can tell I, you what to do. I've done it. No, it's fuck you, gun and slinger. <laughs> I defeated you. <laughs> no, it's like in, it's like in the Yu-Gi-Oh anime where he keeps switching between the the two Yugi's to defeat the guy who's reading his thoughts, so he doesn't even know what cards he's playing. <laughs> yeah, just pick them at random. Yeah. You, you you just play both characters by yourself, but all the cards are always face down. God. <laughs> this is how I win. <laughs> Listen, it's a new type of game. It's innovative. Mm-hmm. Rule number one, sit at a table. Rule number two, just raise your hands up and yell, I've won. Now that is a business card RPG. It's oh, there's my business card, huh? It's, it's called You Are a Winner. You sit down, Perfect. you grasp some polyhedrals or a deck of cards or whatever you feel like. Declare you're the winner. You've won. Congrats. Perfection. Hold on, how, do, how do I print a business? <laughs> Who do I hire to do this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, on your uh, page, well, there's the supported by section. Is this like stuff you've... Are they just like ga- games you you like TM, or is it like stuff you you've done you maybe worked on or? Oh, my itch page. Yeah, those are games that I've bought. Okay. Or like gotten in a bundle or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I know you made um, in past and passing for Esoteric, which is which is which what's in this list. I was I was wondering if like. Yeah, if you don't nope. any design for like other games, or if that that was the one. Um, well, the in past and passing was for a game jam for Esoteric. Um, it wasn't like for the game really. It was just like um, my take favorite game from it. Um, I have done some freelance in other places. Uh, really, just two. Um, I've got the stretch goal thing that I did for Slayers. Uh, I wrote uh, a hunt for Slayers. um, And I wrote a small side location in Hardwired Island, which should be coming out late this year, I think. Uh, I've always heard of Slayers. What's Hardwired Island? I think that's new to me. Hardwired Island is by Paul Etten Malchevik. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, and it's basically uh, queer cyberpunk. Um, nice. But it's also like... It's not your cyberpunk red kind of cyberpunk. It's more of a um, mid to late 90s view of a bright, vibrant cyberpunk. Um there were two. There were two a meteor hit the Earth movies that came out in the late nineties, and this is basically set in an alternate timeline where Deep Impact was the more popular one instead of Armageddon. 
That's that's how it's been pitched. Um, <laughs> it's very it's very good. It's it's a really good game that focuses on. I think one of the key things that it does that I really like and what made me want to write for it um, is that a lot of cyberpunk games take your implants and like they have a track that's like how human you are. And the more implants you have, the less human you are. This game does not do that. This game doesn't say that you're not human for changing your body, which I think is extremely important. Um, it also, it kind of has a millennial lens on things. Um, and how to word this correctly. You have a stat for that essentially quantifies your debt. Because you are always in some kind of debt. And the game is about dealing with that and also taking down corporations. And also you're on a space station. And also there's a Burger King. Nice. Like it's it's got some tongue in cheek in there, but it's also got some very poignant stuff as well. That's super cool. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. Um. You. And yeah. You wrote a hunt for for slayers. I did. You, I, I don't. Know, I don't know how secret that is, but if you could like, I'm, like, what's, I'm what, not what's saying the pitch for your hunt. Anything. I'm not saying anything oh. about it. You have to get the oh. game to find out. Oh, I wanted the secret some, uh, scoop. I did some cosmic horror shit. I'll leave it at that. Oh hell yeah! I, I really leaned into my bullshit for it, and I think that's all I'll say. So after you've gone and backed Gun and Slinger, you have to go buy Slayers as well. Yes. To get this hunt, this cool, cool hunt. <laughs> Do you have anything well, you'd like to add to, to the, the good people listening? I like think I've ran good games. I, I think I've rambled enough. Um, <laughs> this is the most on one I've been in a while and my brain is fried. Um, I only ask for forgiveness and your money. Um, <laughs> if you are interested in Gun and Slinger or any of my other really good games uh you can check them out at nevin.games that's n-e-v-y-n dot games uh there's links to gun and slinger and all my other stuff on there um if you just want to check out gun and slinger um head on over to bytes.rip slash gns kickstarter that's b-y-t-e-s slash r dot r-i-p slash gns kickstarter fuck (laughs) um once more a clean tech (laughs) <laughs> Once more, uh, if you're just interested in checking out Gun and Slinger, you can check that out at bytes.rip slash GNS Kickstarter. That's B-Y-T-E-S dot R-I-P slash GNS Kickstarter. And you can find me on Twitter at Fork20. That's F-O-R-K-T-W-E-N-T-Y. Are we still recording? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm not used to I'm, it's just I'm not used to not being the one hitting the button still. I am the keeper of the buttons. Oh no. That's fine, I can stop it if you like. I mean there's will be it. I usually cut like after the you saying all your links and stuff, but <laughs> Okay. No, you can you can keep this in. It's me freaking out. We're good. All right. <laughs> and now you can, and now you can stop it. <laughs> All right. Now now we're gonna cut it. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. All right. And that's all for now. There's Little V Mills behind me now with a cover of Midnight Lament. Thank you very much to Nevin for guesting on this episode, and thank you to you for listening. You're supremely wonderful. As always, more content to come. Until next time, have a good one. <laughs>